Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our first reading for this week is from the first book of Kings. And it has to do with Solomon, the son of David and Bathsheba the Israelite king who built the great temple in Jerusalem. But our passage takes us back to the very beginning of Solomon's reign, when he was just a young man, untried, inexperienced, likely beset by all sorts of self-doubt. Imagine you're a young king, you've succeeded your, your great father David. I'm sure you'd wonder, do I have what it takes? Am I up to this challenge? The reading tells us that Yahweh appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, Ask something of me and I will give it to you. Now, I submit to you, that's an extraordinary moment. God offering you, like a genie, anything you want. Now, here's the point. Your answer, if you're honest, will tell you a great deal about yourself. Notice, by the way, how often this situation comes up in the Scripture and the tradition. Just before departing for heaven, Elijah tells his successor, Elisha, that he will give him anything he asks. Jesus turns on the disciples of John who are following him, and he says, What do you seek? The Lord asked the blind Bartimaeus, What do you want me to do for you? Thomas Aquinas, toward the end of his life, placed his treatise on the Eucharist at the foot of the cross, asking for judgment, and he received this locution. You've written well of me, Thomas. What would you have as a reward? Again, this kind of question is of enormous moment for It forces a clarification of self. In answering this question, honestly, I will find out who I am at a very fundamental level. So, let's attend with some care to Solomon's answer. He said, Lord, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. Hmm. an understanding heart. God is so pleased with this answer that he determines to make Solomon the wisest man who ever lived. Listen, because you've asked for this, not for long life for yourself, nor for riches, nor for the life of your enemies, I will do as you requested. That's what the Lord said. Now, why does this answer Please, God, so. Well, since God needs nothing, 
God is always pleased by what brings us to deeper life. It's not as though Solomon's answer gives God something God needs. No, no. When God is pleased in the Scripture, it means we're coming to deeper life. The pleasure of God is always a clue to human flourishing. So, in asking for wisdom, Solomon was seeking to order his life according to God. Since wisdom is one of God's principal attributes. Thomas Aquinas said that wisdom is seeing from the height. It's seeing from the perspective of God. Solomon was thereby seeking the ground and center of his life in the appropriate place. You see what this does? It brings Solomon properly online. It orders him aright. See, once he has wisdom, seeing things from the divine perspective, he will know what to do with any of the goods or evils that come his way. Suppose he becomes rich. Well, if he's wise, he'll know how best to use and dispose of his wealth. And suppose his wealth is taken away. Well, if he's wise, he'll know how to handle that situation as well. Suppose he conquers his enemies. Okay, if he's wise, then he'll treat them according to God's purposes. He will know what to do with his political and military advantage. And turn it around. Suppose his enemies defeat him. Well, if he's wise, he'll know how to handle that situation too. He'll see that situation from the divine vantage point. Suppose he's given length of life. Okay, if he's wise, he'll know how to live that long life well, to fill those years with the works of the Lord. Turn around. Suppose his life is cut short. If he's wise, he'll know how best to fill the time given him. He'll know how to handle his shortness of life. You see, in asking for the fundamental good of wisdom, he is enabling himself to order and direct any of the less than fundamental goods and evils of life. Let me say that again. That's a really important principle, I think. In asking for this fundamental good, for this participation in God, Solomon is now enabling himself to order and direct any of the other goods and evils of his life. He's situating himself in the center. And thereby he can read and order everything around him. Now, turn this whole thing around. Suppose, upon hearing the voice of Yahweh, Solomon had asked for wealth. Suppose he'd said, Lord, here's the one thing I want. Just make me rich. You know, fill my palaces with wealth. Well, he would have experienced a sort of brief buzz from the inrush of material things. I mean, who wouldn't? He would have been thrilled for a time with all his wealth. But listen, 
at the end of the day, his wealth would have destroyed him. Why? Why? Because he wouldn't have had the wisdom to know what to do with it. If he had said, wealth is the center of my life, he would have been off kilter. Thrilled for a time, that's true, but he would have been fundamentally off kilter. He wouldn't have had the, the grounding to know what to do with his wealth. And his wealth, trust me on this, would have turned on him and destroyed him. Suppose he had asked for a long life. Lord, just give me a long life. Let me live for 120 years. Well, great. He would have experienced these many years of life. But at the end of the day, his long life would have destroyed him, for he wouldn't have known what to do with it. Suppose he had asked for victory over his enemies. Lord, just just give me victory. Let me be the conqueror of the world. Let me never be bothered by my enemies. Good. Good. That would have given him a kind of superficial peace. But in the end, his victory would have destroyed him because he wouldn't have known, lacking wisdom, what to do with it. Bring it up now into the modern day. We all know cases of young athletes, young pop stars, who at the age of 20 or 21 are suddenly inundated with wealth, power, fame. What happens to them? Almost without exception, they flame out. They go through a depression. They fall into drug abuse. How come? How come? It's the same principle. Because lacking wisdom, lacking a participation in God, lacking a groundedness in the deepest things, they don't know what to do with these things. Nothing in themselves wrong with wealth and pleasure and fame and all that. But lacking wisdom, you will not know what to do with them, and they will turn on you, and they will destroy you. These very goods, once made the center of your life, turn into evil. With this principle in mind, let's go back to the cases I mentioned earlier when people were asked by God, what do you want? When Elijah turned to Elisha and said, I'll give you whatever you want, ask me. You know what he said? He said, give me a double portion of your spirit. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Elisha didn't say, give me fame, give me success, give me power, give me wealth. He didn't say that. He said, give me a double portion of your spirit. In other words, as deeply rooted as you are, Elijah, in the Lord, let me be doubly rooted in the Lord. That's a good answer because then whatever happens to Elisha, good or bad, he will be grounded and know how to handle it. The Lord turns to the disciples of John. What do you seek? They answer, where do you stay? That too is a good answer. They didn't say, oh, we're seeking wealth, seeking pleasure, seeking fame, seeking success. No, no. We want to know where you stay. 
We want to know where you are grounded, where you are rooted. Good. That's a good answer. Because if you know that and you know how to stay with the Lord Jesus, then whatever happens to you, you can handle it. Similarly, he turns to Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus says, not wealth, pleasure, power, honor. He says, Lord, Master, I want to see. Good. There's something going on here that's much deeper than physical vision. It's a spiritual vision. Lord, I want to see as you see. Origen said to be holy is to see with the eyes of Christ, to see the world through his eyes. That's what Bartimaeus wants. And if you've got that vision, then you can handle whatever the world throws at you. Last example, my hero, Thomas Aquinas. When the voice came from the cross, Thomas, what would you have as a reward? Oh, he could have said, give me wealth, give me power, give me fame. Make me the ruler of the world. Heck, it's God asking you. Thomas said, nil nisi te. Nothing except you. That's the answer. What would you have? I would have you. Because if you have Christ, the rest of it takes care of itself. If you have Christ, you can handle wealth or poverty. If you have Christ, you can handle success or failure. If you have Christ, you can handle victory or defeat. That's why when we hear this question this week, let's think deeply about the answer. What would you say if the Lord himself stood before you and said, I'll give you anything you want? Think of these great answers coming up from Solomon through the tradition. What would you say? And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you.